Hello, dear listener. It is I, the cosmic entity known throughout the cosmos as Fred. And this is another episode of The Mind of Fred. So, I don't know how long this one is going to be because I actually am already parked at work. Usually, I, uh, I record these on my way to work. But this time, I decided to go and do it while, or uh, when I already got here, after I already got here. The reason is because, uh, I, you know, I was driving on my way to work, and then I get a text message saying that, Hey, uh, okay, well, we're going to work for these people today, and uh, we're going to leave at 5 in the morning. Uh, so I got this text message on my way to work, and it was uh, about 3.30 in the morning and I had the um, I was tempted to go back home and spend another hour just uh, lollygagging <laughs> um, just an extra hour I don't know maybe the, well, the honestly the first thing that came to mind was like okay I guess I'll go back home and put on Halo for an hour but then I had the better decision of just, you know what, I'm already on the road, I might as well just get to work and just chill there until it's time to go, because obviously I'm super early and this is quite beneficial. So that's what I did. So, what's on my mind today, dear listener? Well... The Illuminati. <laughs> I don't know if they're real. I don't know if, if they actually exist. But uh, yeah, the, the the idea of the Illuminati uh, was on my mind today. Because uh, yesterday... Yeah, yesterday I heard a podcast from the Joe Rogan Experience with uh, his good buddy, Eddie Bravo. And uh, Eddie Bravo is deep into conspiracy theory stuff. Now don't scoff at conspiracy theories because they are real. They exist. Um, anytime any one group of people talk about doing something, well they are conspiring. And so to have a theory on this conspiring on this sort of conspiracy is to think that hey these things are adding up in a particular way that point to the idea that there could be something else going on here that there could be a group of people actually that conspired to make these events happen and sometimes the uh, a lot of times the uh, certain events can point in that direction. But at the same time, I don't know how... I, d I don't think we should get that invested in conspiracy theories simply because we might not have every or enough pieces of evidence to actually... Uh, to actually say, oh, that definitely happened. That absolutely happened. 
might not necessarily be the case. The thing about humans is we tend... We have some... What? Instinctual, some wired processes within ourselves that force us to look for patterns in reality, no matter what it is. And that comes from our evolutionary base. That comes from our, um, I guess, from our evolutionary past is what I wanted to say. Because uh, recognizing patterns is a good way to help us survive. Because, you know, if we're hunting, if we're, uh, if we're hunting and we're um, tracking down some prey, we have it in our eyes... Um, and we start noticing a pattern, like what does it usually do? You know, when does it go to a watering hole? When does it graze? When does it do this? When does it do that? If we can get those patterns down, then we know, then we can actually plan for that kill. And that's just one example. Um, the other example is when we're the prey, you know, uh, if we're being hunted, if, if in our tribe, a couple of our a couple of our brothers or tribe members got eaten by fucking tigers well then it would be beneficial for us to look for the patterns in that tiger you know what does it usually do whenever it's hunting us then we know our enemy we know then we know our, our prey and we know our enemy and we can properly prepare for these things so pattern recognition has been very beneficial for us uh, to get to where we are now and it is ingrained in us to look for these patterns in everything including our own society so while some conspiracy theories may turn out to be right others are pretty far-fetched and chances are could be wrong so it's a good idea not to get too attached to these things to allow them to define our reality as we perceive it because we could be completely wrong we could be completely wrong and uh, one of the things that that I, I don't like that I hate using this term because it seems derogatory but uh, conspiracy theorists that guys don't shed them on a, on a negative light because all they're doing is is looking at well, well what they see in in the earth and in in the world all they're doing is trying to piece together certain events certain people and bringing forth a theory of what could have caused this thing to happen Unfortunately, some of them do get very attached to these ideas and allow these ideas to define who they are. And that's... I, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think that's a very good thing to do because then it, it closes you off to actually examining this thing uh, as it should be examined. Because once it becomes your identity, once it becomes something that you have defined yourself by, if anything comes around that challenges that notion, that theory, that whatever, that could go against it, 
then you you just get defensive and you you get into an irrational space where you're spouting off ridiculous things in order to I don't know wall yourself away from a potential truth like um, for instance if uh, if for instance a let's see okay let, let's talk about chemtrails I honestly I don't know if if that if they actually exist I'm not entirely convinced so chemtrails if you don't know dear listener you probably do uh, I, I can't imagine you've never heard that used before you know chemtrails in in certain conspiracy theory circles uh, are these uh, I guess these clouds these gases that are that are produced from uh, jetliners as they fly across the sky and they have chemicals in them that eventually uh, rain down on the population and somehow have a way to manipulate our, our chemistry in, in, you know, in such a way that, the, I guess, makes us more uh, susceptible to coercion. So mind control, right? Brainwashing makes us a little dumber and um, allows us to buy into the propaganda of our government much, much easier. That's one theory. The other theory that I heard was uh, uh, weather control, that uh, these chemtrails cause certain atmospheric manipulations that cause a particular area of the Earth to you know, either rain or or go into some sort of drought. And so the governments of the earth are using this technology to manipulate the weather in a kind of national war international warfare. And Behind this is a uh, an installation called HARP, H A A R P, and now HARP is actually real. Um, this isn't a conspiracy theory anymore. Conspiracy theorists had talked about HARP before, but uh, I think it didn't come out until I don't know within the last five years that hey, HARP is a real thing, and here it is. Um, I don't remember what they were doing. I think they actually were studying, uh, studying activity in the atmosphere, in the stratosphere. Uh, whatever it was, I don't remember. But conspiracy theories would say that f- as far as chemtrails and weather control and harp goes, is these jetliners would spray the skies with this uh, chemical or some sort of aluminum or something that allowed harp to send rays to these areas and cause these manipulations within the atmosphere. Interesting, right? <laughs> well, and and then you have the, uh, I guess the 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 more rational side. I don't know. See, 
even there I'm being slightly derogatory or insulting to conspiracy theorists. Once again, they are not evil, stupid, or whatever people. They're just people that are recognizing patterns in our world. And, well, making connections. Um, and so, the, the scientific, at least the accepted scientific uh, explanation for these, uh, these chemtrails that appear behind jetliners as they fly through the sky. In, in that scientific explanation, they call them contrails. And what's actually going on, and, and I actually believe this a little bit more than um, chemtrails and, well, chemtrails, period. What's actually going on is that when a jetliner is flying through the sky, it goes through... Uh, hmm... I wanted to say patches of humidity, and I guess that isn't too far off to say. So it, it, it flies through patches of humidity, and this humidity gets sucked through the jet engines, and out the other side comes clouds. So basically this jet engine is sucking in this humidity and condensing it into clouds. So that's why you see these, these, these lines behind these planes. It's not because the government is spraying chemicals down on the population to mind control them or to manipulate the atmosphere. It's just a natural phenomenon of what happens when you have a jetliner up in the sky flying through humid spots. And so, I, getting back to how, you know, this all kind of sort of comes together, you know, when a conspiracy theorist attaches himself to, nah, man, nah, it's the fucking government trying to mind control us, trying to brainwash us, that's what it is, and this contrail shit that these scientists want you to believe, that's just what the government wants you to believe, so you don't go questioning and go, go rioting against them to, you know, to take our country back, take our world back, and all that. Okay, you know, that might be true, but... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how, how attached can you really be to such an idea if you don't have every piece of evidence? If you start denying things, denying rational explanations... Uh, even like explanations that you yourself can go and test then aren't you just as brainwashed as maybe people as maybe the people that you think are brainwashed are like you're so attached to these ideas that you know no it's like this you know and this goes for for either side you know it's like this or it's like that and I won't budge, then you leave no room for growth. So, I tend not to get too attached to any of these things. Like, um, 10 years ago, I saw a documentary called Zeitgeist. You may have heard of it. And it's very conspiracy theory driven and it opens up I think it opened no it opens up actually with uh, 
with religion, I think, talking about uh, whether or not Jesus was real, basically breaking down Christianity. And um, that had a role to play in my own spiritual development. Before then, I was, um, you know, I always say I was a hardcore Christian, but, you know, after, after meeting Lucas, one of my good friends, Lucas, um, and having lots of conversations with him about this kind of thing, that guy is a hardcore Christian. I was nowhere near that. I'm sorry. I'm, I am not. And I'll be sure to tell Lucas that if it ever comes up in conversation again, because I used to tell him, dude, I used to be a hardcore Christian, bro. No, 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 no. I wasn't. <laughs> I never read the Bible all the way through and not like he has. I think he has anyway. Um, although that is on my bucket list even now. And so, yeah, it opened, Zeitgeist opens up with uh, breaking down Christianity and uh, figuring out whether or not the figure of Jesus Christ was real. And yes, that is still debated, dear listener. I'm, I'm sorry if, if, if you're a Christian, I really don't mean any offense, but it's true. Like, it's, it's still under debate whether or not Christ was a real person. Because there are many figures in the past that resemble the Christ. And it seems as though either Christ is, um, is a Christian plagiarism or Christ is a returning figure in human history. Like he will incarnate in different cultures at different times when it is necessary. Uh, at least that's uh, one idea that I had that wasn't presented in, in Zeitgeist. <laughs> like in in Eastern culture, he incarnated as Buddha. In South, in Middle Eastern culture, he incarnated as Muhammad. Um, in well, in Christian culture, he incarnated as Jesus, and so on and so forth. You get the idea. And it's all the same person. Um, but yeah, it starts off with that, breaking down Christianity. And then uh, after that, it gets into the World Trade Center bombings. And that has, was a hot topic for a while. And it still kind of can be when it's brought up. Because there are there are people that have accepted the... Um, the official explanation for the World Trade Center bombings. They, they were just bombed. They were just bombed, and, um, you know, when the airplanes crashed, uh, it caused or the heat of the fires uh, at, the, at the point of impact, as well as uh, at the base of buildings. Apparently, the World Trade Centers had uh, diesel tanks, at, in the basement and apparently they went off in flames too somehow and um, so the combination of the diesel engines or the diesel, diesel engine the diesel tanks at the basement of these buildings uh, along with uh, the heat at the point of impact didn't melt the beams but they weakened them in such a way that they could no longer sustain the massive weight of the tower itself, so it crumpled upon itself. That is the official story about 
those two towers. But there was a third tower that went down that not everyone knows about, and that is Tower 7. Now, the strange thing about Tower 7 is that it was not hit by an airplane. It wasn't hit by an airplane. You know, I wish I could tell, I wish I could remember what the other two towers were called, but you know what the two towers I'm talking about are, so I don't really need to explain. I don't remember their numbers. I just remember Tower 7 because it's it it's been highlighted. So the two towers that got hit by airplanes, yes, they went down and there's an official explanation for that. Although I honestly haven't heard an official explanation for Tower 7. And even if I did, it wouldn't make sense. Because Tower 7 was not hit and yes there was a small fire if you look at the video there was a small fire in Tower 7 and, and and it went down exactly like the other two towers but it wasn't ever hit and so you gotta wonder how the hell did that happen and so that there is fishy as fuck to me I haven't seen an official explanation, but that doesn't mean there isn't one out there. And if there is one, it's probably pretty well, what, researched upon? I'm not, I, I don't know. But so, you know, to this day, uh, there are people still arguing, you know, whether or not JFK was assassinated by one guy or if it, if it was a, a group of people or if it was the CIA. And then to this day, we're also, there are still people talking about whether or not 9-11 was an inside job. And for a time, especially after watching Zeitgeist, <clears throat> I was with them. I was, I was with those people thinking, you know, oh, it's the government. They did this. They did this to get us into war against Iraq. Which is, um... It's possible, but at the same time, maybe not. Like, uh... There have been cases in the past where governments have, have used uh, similar events to rile the population towards a, towards a particular goal towards a uh, to help a particular agenda and I think and this seems to have been one of them as well 9-11 uh, because I don't know if you've thought about it or not but let's think about it so 9-11 right where did these hijackers come from well these hijackers came from I think Afghanistan right and so for whatever reason, our government, after the attack, decided to make the connection with the terrorists uh, with Iraq. And they started saying, you know, oh, they have, they have weapons of mass destruction or they're developing weapons of mass destruction and we got to take them down. And somehow they made the connection with these terrorists with Osama bin Laden and Iraq um, in order to rile the public up to get us to go into war with Iraq. Supposedly that was a, a goal that 
the president of the time, George W. Bush, had before he even went into office. And this event, 9-11, helped unite the country behind the government. We were feeling rather vulnerable and we needed someone, something, to help us feel like we're protected. Something that, that we thought knows better, that we thought knew better. And a population looks to its government for that. And when the government is telling you these things and you're in such a fervor, such an... Uh, when you're in such a fervor, massive amounts of the population are no longer thinking. <laughs> Even now. Um, so they rob people up. We go to war with Iraq. And what do we find? Nothing. Hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, I don't remember the number, of people died in that war. Because the United States government said, Hey, these guys are supporting terrorists. These guys have nuclear warheads that pose a threat to our own country. We need to wipe them out. So we got there, and what did we find? We did not find nuclear weapons, which was the basis for that war. One of, one of the major bases for that war. Either our government was wrong or did, they were just simply being... I mean, they, they were obviously wrong, but I think... Uh, I think either 9-11 was an inside job or the government was... Uh, the, the, the administration of the time were using 9-11 as an opportunity to rile the public up to their own agenda. I don't know which one it was. I guess, well, maybe one thing is for sure, they were being opportunists. Whether or not it was an inside job, they were being opportunists. And so that got us into that war. And now, going back to the Illuminati. Like I said, I don't necessarily believe in them. I like to entertain all of these ideas because they're fun to think about and they're fun to research. Who knows, one of these might actually bear some fruit other than entertainment. So the Illuminati. In I guess I wanted to say, I want to say deeper conspiracy theory circles there's a belief that there is a group of people a secretive group of people that are so powerful nobody knows who they are and sure conspiracy theory circles point to certain people certain icons of our time and call them Illuminati, but there's no real proof either. Uh, so there's this group of people that controls the entire world and everything that happens. And they are the reason why uh, all these wars happen. They control the food supply, they control the media, they control politics, they control everything that you see at the movie theaters. And they manipulate everything in such a way 
that serves their agenda, like even movies. There's this uh, other podcast that I listen to called Media Roots, and I think it was either the last episode or the episode before that where uh, the host, one of the hosts, brought on a, uh, I think it was some sort of researcher, some investigator that uh, was investigating ties with uh, certain movie production companies with the military government. And um, as, as it turns out, like a lot of our, our, our movies, a lot of our action movies are propaganda, like do have some propaganda in them, uh, or are revised in such a way as to not paint the government in such an evil manner, in such a malicious manner. Like, uh, for instance, one that I remember from that podcast is uh, the guy was talking about how Iron Man was changed. How before, how the first script didn't have uh, Tony Stark selling weapons and developing weapons to, uh, to governments. Actually... It was the other way around. He was against the military-industrial complex, and he wasn't developing weapons for them. And in that, in one of the first drafts, uh, Tony Tony Stark's uh, nemesis or enemy was from the military complex. And once, uh, I guess, the military got word of this draft, uh, I think they're supposed to. Uh, be a part of the approval process for any sort of movement er, movement, any sort of movie that involves the military depicts the military in any way and um, so when they got when they got the picture, the picture the script, sorry guys I'm being kind of distracted by a duck I don't know if you hear him he's over here uh, complaining about being awake so early Um, so, when the military got it, you know, they didn't like it. They were like, well, this is not what we want people to see us as. We want them to see us as awesome. And so they reversed that stance of Tony Stark. Instead of, instead of being against the military-industrial complex, Tony Stark became this, uh, kind of corporate figure that was also developing weapons for the military industry and well it was making the military look even more awesome than it was originally going to be depicted as and there's this other there's this other um part in that podcast that i remember about something about jurassic park 3 where in the original script they had uh in the original script there was going to be a scene where uh, pterodactyls escape from their from their caged islands, and they and military uh, airplanes, jets are brought in to fight against these pterodactyls, and you know that sounds like a pretty badass badass scene. That seems like a pretty awesome uh, action sequence. But when the military got got a hold of that and saw that 
well, pterodactyls were going to fight off against these jets. And the military said, no, don't do this. We don't want you to do this because these pterodactyls will have... Um, will have no chance against our jets. In fact, it'll make it so the it, they will get wiped out so badly that the audience will uh, feel pity towards the pterodactyl and some sort of um, some sort of uh, what resentment or anger against the military government. So they slashed that scene out. But somehow, uh, something like that made its way back in, in Jurassic World. I haven't seen that movie yet, but apparently there's a scene like that in Jurassic World. So, those are, I guess, two different, uh, two different times when the military was actually involved in our media. And these are recent films. Not 10 years old, either one of them, I don't think. So, I mean, you, you look at, you look at uh, TV commercials about the Navy, the Army, the Marines, and how, do, how are they always seen? You know, the, they're always seen as badasses, complete and total badasses. And that's exactly how the military wants them to be depicted. Um... Like they're honorary people and blah blah blah. Some of them are. I'm not saying that they're all assholes. They're not. There are some uh, soldiers that come back uh, from military training or from from their time in the military, and they are complete assholes. Not because of their training, but because they use that as an identifier to signal to themselves and to everyone else in their own mind that they are better than everyone because they were in the military. Congratulations. I hope you actually contributed something to this country other than just being in the military. Um, so, the Illuminati control everything. To what end? What does it mean? What does the word Illuminati mean? I've seen in the past that the word Illuminati means something like the enlightened one. Or the and in this case it would be the enlightened ones. Those that know more than everyone else. And so if that is the case, then you would have to also assume that these people probably have a pretty good grasp on reality about what's going on on this planet um, and how to manage it properly. And I would hope, like, if such an organization or such a... Uh, secretive group of people do exist, I would hope that they are working in a rational and logical manner that actually benefits humanity. Like, this is kind of weird to say, but all these wars, all these, um, 
diseases that might be released that, uh, according to some conspiracy theory circles, you know, are released by connections from these groups of people. You know, when you think about it in a logical sense, when you think about the state of the planet right now, how we are pretty overpopulated, how we are using up resources much quicker than the planet itself can renew them. Like, for instance, yesterday was, uh, I forgot what they called it, but basically yesterday we reached our limit for the year of, uh, of resources. Like, we are now in overconsumption mode. At this point, every from from yesterday onward, for the rest of this year, we are using resources um, faster than the world than than Earth has the power to renew them. And each year, that date uh, gets uh, set back further and further. I believe next year we'll see that date come in at the at the end of July. And so that's kind of scary. And so you got to think that if there is a group of people that are controlling uh, politics, war, diseases, and all these things, maybe they're doing it in such a way that benefits the... Uh, the... Well, the survival of the human race. Like, let's face it, right now, in our society, our civilization, the way we are living... The way we are living now, I mean, things could be different, but the way we are living now... Is leading us to inevitable extinction. And if there is a group of people that are controlling things, that are controlling the world... And how things um, go about, these wars, these diseases... It's possible that they are doing it, that they are allowing all these people to die to help control um, our resource consumption. So, population control. Population control. You know, we can't stop fucking. We can't stop, you know, making more babies. And we are running out of resources to support these babies, these future generations. So what needs to happen? As cold as it sounds, the way that we're going, there has to be some sort of population control. People have to die. The way things are right now, if, if, they, if they don't change, people have to die. But it, does, it really doesn't have to be that way. We could... We could switch our civilization... To something that's... Much more beneficial for all of us. Like... Uh, something else that's, that was brought up in Zeitgeist... Was that... This planet has... Enough resources... For all of us to be happy. And one of the only things that stops us... From achieving this is capitalism. Now, what would it take to end capitalism? If it's if it's capitalism, you know. Um, 
a lot. I mean, in, in order to get to the uh, to the world, to the wonderful utopia that was portrayed on Zeitgeist, there needs to be a massive change, a massive change in consciousness, world global consciousness, and we are ways away from that. Yes, we have the internet now. Everyone has access to so much information. Well, not 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 everyone, but a, a, a good percentage of the world has access to uh, amazing amounts of information. But how many people are actually using the internet to better themselves, to to ask questions about our reality that have already been posed and answered? <laughs> like one thing, I'm sorry. Um, one thing that I I, I don't. That, that somewhat annoys or irritates me is, you know, I'll be on Facebook scrolling through and then I'll look through some of my groups and people will ask questions like, um, I don't know, something simple like, is marijuana safe? Or, you know, uh, do puppies lick you more than when they're older or something like that? I don't know. Something stupid, right? Something that that could be answered if they instead of asking a group of people on Facebook if instead they asked that same question on Google because hey you know you ask people on Facebook you're not gonna get very good information unless it's from a professional but you ask Google you can be a bit still you might not get good information but at the same time at least you have access to everything that is on the internet about this particular question you you have access to um, other forums or even scholarly articles pages of research that have been backed by actual science but instead they go into Facebook and ask people that probably don't know enough to uh, substantiate their answer so you know people have started using Facebook as their Google <laughs> just Google it man come on you've got access to it so that's something that 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 kind of annoys me um, so we all have the internet we all a whole lot of us have access to this thing, but a whole lot of us still do not. And so even then, a lot of us aren't using it for what it could be used for. We're not using it to question our own reality. We're not using it to further educate ourselves to understand what could be and what can't. So in order to get to this awesome utopia that was depicted on Zeitgeist, there has to be massive changes in everyone. And there are places on this earth that simply will not accept those changes. And one of those places I'm talking about are places in the Middle East uh, where um, fundamentalist Islam has taken a hold. And not just even that. But also over here in the in the West, where fundamentalism, 
fundamentalist Christianity has taken hold. Um, and then even outside of that, there is uh, what's called what party loyalty, party loyalty, like uh, conservatives that will deny things like climate change actually happening or the need for universal health care because that's what their party says. So now this is what they identify themselves as. So we have a long way to go before we can ever achieve any sort of utopia. And who knows if we'll actually ever get there. Scientists have warned that we only have... We have a 50% chance of making it to the year 2100. That's scary. That's scary. And perhaps the Illuminati knows this. And that's why all these wars are caused. That's why all these diseases, these uh, uh, genetically engineered crops and diseases that are maybe not beneficial to humanity. And when I say crops, yes, I meant GMOs, but I don't mean this to shroud every single GMO in such an evil way because I'm sure there are some that are great for us. But this goes into conspiracy theory circles. You know, it's... um. As cold as it sounds, maybe they're doing it because they know this is the only way we're ever going to make it. Crazy, right? <laughs> okay, well, dear listener, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let you go. I don't have to really get in the truck or anything yet, but um, this has been a longer-than-usual podcast about double the length of, of uh, what I usually put out every week and uh, hell you might not even be listening to this anymore you are probably tired of it you probably got tired of it maybe 20 minutes ago and decided well fuck this guy I'm gonna go grab a coffee and donut and uh, scroll through Facebook some more <laughs> but yeah uh, so I'm going to go ahead and let you go. If, uh, if you're liking our content, if you're liking what we're putting out here on the Spacious channel, then uh, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like our stuff, especially on iTunes, because that's apparently where it matters most. Apparently where um, 70% of the recognition goes to is on iTunes. And uh, also, if, uh, if you'd like to contact us, if you'd like to talk about whatever it is what whatever it is we're we're talking about on this podcast um or even have a suggestion about a topic to talk about uh hit us up on twitter or facebook i would say twitter because uh that's that's where uh we are most active i'd say that's where i'm most active i'm the one who runs the spacious twitter podcast i mean the, the spacious podcast on twitter <laughs> Um, so, yeah, just look for at Spacious Podcast and you'll find it there on Twitter. Or if you want to look for me specifically, you can look for at mind underscore of underscore Fred. And there I am. So if you have anything to say, anything to contribute, whatever, go ahead and uh, 
you know, give us a shout. Also, one other thing is we're, we're starting to get on Periscope now. We already have two episodes up there uh, on Periscope. Uh, those would be the last two podcasts that we did. You can go ahead and check them out now. Uh, they're there for streaming. Or, if you want, whenever we're recording a podcast, uh, you can tune in live as it's happening. We usually record our podcasts, our group podcast, as Spacious, every uh, every other Sunday. So not this Sunday, but the Sunday after, after well, this next Sunday. Not the Sunday that's coming up this weekend, but next Sunday we'll have another episode recording. And we usually do it... Um, we usually start preparing for it around 2 o'clock, and I'd say that maybe at like 3 o'clock we're already we're, we're recording, between 2.30 3 o'clock. But if you uh, follow our Twitter feed, you'll see updates there um, where, you know, I, I, I will post something that says, hey, you know, we're getting ready to record this, we're about to get on Periscope, so if you're interested, you know, check us out if you're interested in actually putting a, a a face to these voices check us out on periscope otherwise you know just uh keep listening to us like us subscribe to us it all helps thank you listener i hope you have a fantastic day in la kek a la akin i am you and you are me <laughs>